0: Welcome to the Set Yourself Free podcast, real stories from ending emotional abuse and taking your life back. I'm your host, Carrie Veach, owner of Set Yourself Free. I'm a life and success coach that believes we all have limitless potential within us if we have the right tools and support. Trauma or past hurt might be a part of your story, but it doesn't have to be the entire story. We all have different versions of what freedom means and I'm here to help you unlock your perfect version of it Join us for season two where we follow four extremely courageous women Who share their stories of what it actually takes to get to the other side of trauma and abuse Through their stories you will know that you are not alone That shame only grows in secret and that it does get better on the other side but hearing their stories, you will gain insight, tools, and practical ways that you can access the power inside of you. All of the magic is waiting for you, and we simply need to tap into it. These women will give you the courage and strength to find your freedom. Let's dive in. How did you take care of yourself along your journey? Olivia.
1: I knew at that point that he was like completely, everything, like it was the first thing that I was like, oh my God, like he has been manipulating me and I was right. I wasn't second guessing myself anymore. Mm. Like that was the first of two like major discoveries. So this was like about, um, you know, one of the secret lives he was living essentially. And I put it all together and he ended up telling me like, so I, I had him move out of our house when he got back from that trip. And that was traumatic. Like the kids were crying. I remember like him packing up his stuff in the Uber and my older son, like chasing the car down the street. And it, it was really, really bad. Um, and he, you know, I kicked him out for, I don't know, like a week or two and he, you know, he was crying, begging to come home. He's going to change, he's going to change. And then I thought to myself, all right, we have two kids, like, should I try to like have him back and like, we'll go back to therapy, a new therapist and like, try (laughs) to make this work. And so I, I let him come back. And I, I remember even talking to my dad about it and being, and he's like, you have to give him another chance. Like you don't break up a family and blah, 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 blah. And so I did. Um, and things were better, of course, for like 30 days, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, uh, like I just started, you know, I, I started feeling it again maybe a few weeks or a month after he moved back in. Just like the same things in your body, or yeah, like brain, yeah. yeah, and it was mean. like. I remember feeling like normal for probably a month like he was really putting in a lot of effort to like change and be more present and um be off his phone a little bit and you know and then I don't know it must have been the end of July when I was like no like I'm 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 having the same experiences again like I I started feeling like there was a lot of secretive behavior and tons of travel coming up again with like very little notice and hmm. you know he would say he was working but there weren't like checks coming and you know <clears throat> but the more questions I would ask the more he would be like you're doing it again you're being crazy you're being suspicious how are we going to be in a relationship if you don't trust me and I'd be like but you know I, I, and then that um oh, I lost my train of thought it just it just started coming on again, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I would say things were still better than they were, and but I just I knew that, like, okay, I had discovered some of what was going on, but there had to be more,
0: yeah, so were you continuing to write during this whole time as part of like taking care of yourself and keeping your like thoughts yeah. straight?
1: Yeah, I, d- I did a lot of writing and I was actually writing the book at this time too, which mm. is still not done because I've had to like go rewrite a lot of it just because of where my head was at the time. But um, yeah, I was journaling a lot. I was writing things down. I, it was really the dreams, I feel like that summer that were just so vivid they didn't make sense. Like I remember one dream where I was at the mall and I ran into him at the mall with another woman and they just like acted like I was crazy. And he was like, obviously I'm with other people. And like, it was just this weird, I remember waking up and being mad at him the next day. And I was like, you were cheating on me and my dream. And now I'm in a bad mood. And he'd be like, what? And then I, I'm going to like, foreshadow a little bit but like I find out later when I'm talking to one of these women she was like you were you and your kids were at the mall and Greg (sighs) left you to go to another store and met up with me oh my gosh I just got chills and I was like oh my I was like I dreamed about this like and it was around the same time so I think it was just like my intuition was literally like it, it like invading yeah. every angle of my brain and like my physical body. And I'm like, it just was, there was just so much. But like, what am I going to do? Be like, I had a dream that you were cheating on me, and we're going to go with that as fact. Like, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't break up like the family with it to me, like, without further information. Yeah. Because even what I discovered back in May, like, it wasn't it wasn't cheating right it was like some sketchy stuff and like different types of relationships and conversations that were like totally off and 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 not good when you're in a relationship with someone but it wasn't any like physical affairs or anything I, I, well I, that i discovered at that point
0: yeah i just i'm like oh my goodness there's so many pieces of it of of screaming of how much our intuition is always trying to talk to us. And right. like, it's amazing, right? If if you're not getting it from this one angle, it's like coming in this other way. And it's like, do yeah. you loud and clear trying to come through? Right.
1: And I would like lose my voice all the time too. I had like, I was losing my voice. I mean, three or four times a year at that, like, mm-hmm. and it was just bizarre. Mm-hmm. It was just bizarre. And... I, I think I remember talking to a very close friend and psychic of mine, like later on, after I had found out even more. And she was like, it had to be this catastrophic for you to finally listen to yourself. She was like, you could have left so many times, like your body knew, your heart knew, your mind knew.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: she was like, you, you, like, I I needed to have physical proof. I needed to have like pure evidence. I mean, maybe it was partially for myself so that I didn't feel like I was crazy or like, I didn't want to wonder five years later if like, did right. I make the right decision? I don't know, but.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. And especially when you have kids and you're like, um, I can't go off of a dream I just had that like, right. just happened. <laughs> you know, like how, how are we going to explain exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Shelby.
2: Yeah. I love, I love that post that has been going around the last few years that it's like self-care isn't just lighting candles and bubble bath. You know, it is being fierce sometimes with boundaries. Mm -hmm. It is letting myself fall apart with my friends and be messy Mm -hmm. and to remind myself that it is okay to be Unintegrated, sometimes and fallen apart. It is actually taking an Epsom salt bubble bath pretty much every night, especially (laughs) after I see clients. It's just how I reset and let go. What let go of the day? Um, It's exercising regularly, even if I don't want to. I usually don't want to. Um, being in nature as much as humanly possible. And, um, reminding myself that I cannot compare the way I work to anybody else in my industry. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I get caught up on, do I take too much time between clients? Am I not seeing enough client? You know, and it's like, no, not, none of that. And so it's being really kind and my, you know, the biggest thing I, Gauge I use for self care is I ask myself constantly, what is the most loving thing I can do in this moment? And because I am multi passionate and have a million practices, I do a different practice pretty much every day. I don't have a regular practice of anything anymore. It's just today, what does this body want? What does this heart want? What does this mind need? And it's sometimes a jade egg, tantric practice, Taoist practice, sometimes it's a sitting meditation. Sometimes it's breath work. Sometimes it's calling a friend. Sometimes it's sitting by the river, you know. Hopefully soon I'll be picking up that guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah.
0: But that's so great to hear you say that because I think that's also where people can get trapped of like, well, this is what self-care is. So I have to do this. But then you don't feel like doing it and you actually feel worse because it's not what your body needs. And so you've just forced yourself to do something that actually didn't take care of yourself.
2: No. And, you know, I did that for a long time and I never dropped into the practice and was like, yes, I'm just, I love this (laughs) when I did it every day. But I love my practices now that I call them regular practices instead of daily practices because I get to connect in whatever way feels good. And I kind of, it's me connecting to my inner child, like, how, how do I want to be with you right now? That's what happens every time I tune in. It's like this little celebration of connection with her because she didn't get to get guided to figure out what she needed ever, mm-hmm. and still it's confusing as hell to be honest. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like it's just a gentle exploration instead of a "you will sit today, every day" <laughs> that kind of thing. Mm, I love that. That's so well said.
0: Hmm. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And that's for me. Some people need more rigidity, but I do not.
0: Yeah. Well, and again, it goes back to knowing yourself and doing the work to get to know yourself so you know that that
1: is what you need.
2: Yeah. And it's so double-edged because <laughs> it's so hard to know what we need, so many of us. And so it's a gentle, slow journey. Yeah, for sure. And being okay the days where we're not
0: sure what we need and letting that be okay and enough too. And permission to change our minds, like, like that. <laughs>
2: hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, you're welcome, Elizabeth.
3: So
4: I learned. So other, I used the ones I mentioned,
0: mm-hmm. um,
4: and that was really helpful for a while. I was eventually able to get out of the house by some miracle <laughs> um, and, uh, and thought it was going to be over soon,
1: <laughs>
4: mm. <laughs> right? And then there was still more, as I mentioned, like two more years of legal fuckery. So can I say that?
1: Yeah.
4: Okay. Okay. Um, going on. <laughs> and uh, that was maddening and crazy. So it was definitely not over yet in terms of the, the journey and the really intense parts. Mm. Luckily, I had found a, um, YouTube channel, a teacher, um, by the name of Layla Martin. And she does Tantra. She spent seven years in the jungle learning Tantric techniques and healing her own sexual trauma and learning, um, trauma healing and all these different modalities. And she developed a coaching training where you, and I, well, I had found her website and found it, like I just binged. Mm. I didn't know this could happen. I didn't know what sexual healing looked like. I didn't know what like nasty false patterns I had that were so untrue to me and Uh. the truth of my being Mm. Um, and started to kind of get help through her channel and understanding that what it, that um, sexuality is a way to connect deeply to your whole self, your whole body. It operates on all the levels. It is sensation, which is the primal brain. It is emotional, which is the limbic system and it is cognitive, right? Which is your, um, your cortex. So, right. It's all these different levels of, it's all in one practice in that it's really about claiming your body for yourself and your pleasure for yourself. It's about establishing your own sovereignty as a human, and take as, you know, this is my body and this is how I take care of my body and pleasure is what is my body's natural state. Um, freedom, I can taste what freedom feels like. Right? That's what orgasmic energy is. is a, a, an, it's a sensation. It is an expansion and it's a mindset shift. Like that is a spiritual experience. You know, it's a, I'm so much bigger than what I am. I can experience something way beyond my daily I'm walking around in life and like doing my thing, but in your body experiencing that like expansiveness mm. and then the, sh- the mindset shift of something beyond what you know to be your daily reality, right? That, that, that is the truth of what our sexual energy is for. And I signed up for her coaching training then, which is a deep healing. First section is a deep healing of your own body, your own sexual patterns, victim consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, worthiness, safety, belonging, um, underworld, like reclamation. Um, so, so good. (laughs) I love it. So good. And a, a a wonderful community of sisters, Mm -hmm. 200 different women all doing the program together, highly conscious, caring, um, beautiful sisterhood ways of communicating. Like I learned, I don't, when I'm in other groups now, people communicate with each other in ways that are so harming. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, but so i learned to communicate in ways that are supportive and helpful and trauma aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got trained to coach for the second trimester doing a bunch of practicums. And, um, the third part was majors. We picked some majors that we really, Focused in on and to learn more and more depth. And um, it was a, it, and of course, building a business brings up some of these same things. Like, just for example, clearly I have some attachment wounds um, because typically if you're involved with a narcissist, you do. Um, But client relationships, right, are have to do with attachment, right, and have to do with trusting, have to do with vulnerability. And have to right. It's not like you have an attachment relationship with the client, but um, if you don't trust other humans, right? Yeah. If you think that you're alone on the planet and nobody is like you, like these are ways that attachment wounds show up, and they absolutely impede um, building a coaching practice or building a business. And so, if you you are called then to heal those, um, so all of that was coming up throughout this this particular coaching training, and um, that taught me the tools of. I can always connect to pleasure in my body Hmm. always. Right. So that is such a high vibration state. That is like, that is a state of thriving. That is a state of, of um, exaltation. That's a state of joy, right. Calling that into my body experience um, at will is amazing Um, to deal with numbness, how to deal with emotional Hmm. numbness, physical numbness, which is a very common experience as well it taught me not to be dissociated, right? Mm-hmm. So I work with a lot of women who is super brainy and smart, just like me. And that's cool. And the brain is super useful. And my brain kept me safe in different ways for a very long time. And I love my brain and my mind. Um, but also she's very tired and overworked and she's yeah. <laughs> not my only source of wisdom. And um, I need my body. Like I need the wisdom of my body Um, and so it it taught me how to tune into all of that Mm. and connect that. Um, and I feel like I know what it means to be grounded and centered because you can't feel those things if you're not in your body. Um, trauma healing, just that happens through that work itself, but also in the the work in this sort of additional certification that I'm doing and, um, around that has given me tools. Um, I learned about trauma-sensitive yoga therapy and switched from talk therapy to that because it felt more supportive for me. And that's wonderful if you have complex trauma, um, Mm -hmm. which means, um, like, again, it's more like relational, relational trauma. You've been stuck for a very long time and unable to leave and unable to get out. Um, like that would be complex trauma as opposed to acute trauma, which is like an accident or like a single incident, like sexual assault or something where it was like chronically, chronically stuck, 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 stuck. It just looks different. So um trauma-sensitive yoga teaches me how to know, teaches me interoception and knowing the sensations in my body, and um it gives you options for how you want to do a pose or move and you tune into your own body and you learn what yes and no feel like in your body which your yes and no structure also um when you're have been in a relationship with a malignant narcissist or somebody similar is completely crushed and destroyed so you have to return to that um also um yeah and so those i have all those tools um and just so many practices i can do at any time so many meditations and i have a community of sisters who have witnessed my whole journey. Uh, We've been so close. We went on an in-person retreat together. So I do know many of them in person. And um, I can reach out at any time and say, hey guys, I'm really stuck in this one thing. Would anybody exchange with me around this or holding for me around this? Or does anybody have experience or resources for that? Can we have a conversation? And I am blown away all the time by the people who I know and, and like how awesome they are. So that community, um, yeah, has also been very healing, right? And for that, those, again, those yeah. attachments.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think that's one of the most powerful things that <clears throat> is not talked about enough. I mean, I think it is talked about, but it's it still could be talked about more because mm-hmm. community is what... We're craving in a culture that is yeah. more and more based on technology and, you know, appearances and all the things, which has existed for as long as we've existed, but it looks different. And yes. to be able to have people see you, like, there's just something so profound about that, right? Of being human, because I yes. think that. We want we want to fix people when they're in pain. Like it's a natural tendency, of course. Like we see someone in pain and we're like, let me help you. You're in pain. I don't want you to suffer. Mm-hmm. And yet the most empowering thing we can often do is just see someone, like be there and witness them in their vulnerability. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, just being
4: seen, whoa. Like it I even had to I remember my first kind of vulnerable post in the group. Um and I was receiving so much goodness and like love and kindness from people that I had to, I couldn't read it all at once. I had to like titrate the goodness, right? Which is a trauma term for like when you're feeling the really big emotions from trauma, you titrate between the sensations of the emotions and then something good or peaceful or calm so that you don't overwhelm your system and dissociate. Mm -hmm. Because dissociating is not healing. Being in the body is healing. But I had to even titrate the goodness. I couldn't absorb it. I couldn't read it. I had to. I would read one or two, and I'd go back and read because it. My system couldn't even process that much goodness. So it was yeah. It was amazing. I love them.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, it's just so beautiful to hear all these things that showed up. You know, in one community, essentially, of you. Yeah really finding tools and resources and people all at the same time and how beautiful that was to be able to take care of yourself in that way.
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been, again, like that's part of the reclamation. It's just, Mm. I can be okay. I can take care of myself. I can, right. I can build a life of thriving. I can go after something that I desire and that's a safe thing to choose, yeah. you know, so it's like, yeah, absolutely. it's been major it's still it still feels really alive in my body, like even mm. I could even feel emotion starting to come up of just deep gratitude and like relief um, and and believing that I get to have that
0: well, and I imagine that it's safe to trust your body after what probably felt like, like I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what probably felt like betrayal for so long of like, can I trust this body? Mm -hmm. It's failed me or maybe not it's failed me, but these situations, it feels like it's failed me. And then Mm -hmm. to really like, and to hear that in your voice and see that Mm -hmm. in your face as I'm recording this with you of like, (laughs) No, but really, I mean to see that, and then to have other people see that in you of like, this is possible for me too. If this is possible for you,
4: absolutely, yeah. And it was—it actually goes the other way, where I believe that my body betrayed me. I, unsurprisingly, also have a journey with an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. Would not be surprised if anybody listening has that as well. Um, But it wasn't. And I I believe that my—that I hated my body, and my body didn't work for me, and this and weight gain and whatever story and whatever story is yours. Um, and that was, I, that's not true. I betrayed my body. I abandoned my body, right? Yeah. I betrayed. Um, my body can never betray me. I am here. whole. It is holding me in. My body never fails me. 100% of the time, my body is here holding me in. She's never betrayed me. She's never left me. She's never abandoned me. She can't. I am the one who abandoned my body. And so I had to examine the ways. Why did I do that? I abandoned my body so that I could get love, right? I didn't think that I could get it any other way, desperate for this and that, or the showing would somebody ever show up for me? Well, right, well, this, I had to show up for me. Like, I had to learn what I truly desired. Like I had to learn to self and that I have needs that deserve to be met and I have, right? I had to keep choosing me and not abandoning me and not abandoning my body. Mm. And with the healing tools that I was taught through this program, um, like it makes that possible because who wants to be in their body? If you're in pain, if you hate your body, if your body, um, you know, and again, I have a chronic condition that is painful, painful, like Mm. chronic pain. Um, and, learning to be in your body from a space of pleasure, like that's what causes you to want to be there.
1: Um, yeah.
4: And I, I'm actually completely off pharmaceuticals now, I have been for years. And, mm. um, have done a couple extra things that's kind of like a different conversation. But um, yeah, I haven't taken pharmaceuticals in it's like hardcore chemotherapy they give you for this. Wow. And I just said, I'm not doing this anymore and I'm not, I'm not going back. And I get blood work at my... General practitioner once a year just to test the inflammation in my body. Been disease free for two years. And,
0: uh, that's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, no medical claims made here for, for coaching or, or like what I could do. But uh, yeah, it, it, that's been a huge journey of my reclamation of my body.
0: I love that. That's so beautiful mm-hmm. and so well said of how you just described that. Yeah. Thank you,
3: Sarah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's funny what self-care looked like for the first few months after making that decision is like <sighs> a couple things on one hand, it looked like letting myself kind of fall apart a little bit. Hmm. And when I say fall apart, I mean, like, giving myself permission, permission to like not function fully, because that was really hard. Like I had to go through a whole process of reclaiming, like, how do I function? Like now I'm the center of my life where somebody else was the center of my life, like the center of my whole existence, because I wasn't safe unless he was, yeah. you know?
1: Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs>
3: I had to learn how to take up space in my own home, in my own mental capacity, in my own Mm -hmm. emotional well-being. And that is a really weird thing (laughs) to relearn how to do. Like when you spent so much time just doing all this pleasing and all of this walking on eggshells and just anything you can do to try to keep yourself safe, even with the uncertainty that like it might not work.
0: Like walking mm-hmm. on
3: eggshells might not even work. It might not even keep you safe that day, but you kind of hope it will. And so you do nope. it anyway. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. Whole,
3: the whole intermittent, you know, reinforcement thing. So the first thing was letting myself fall apart to the point where, like, there were like two months I forgot to pay my water bill and my water got turned off. Even though I had the money to pay it, like, I, yeah, yeah. It, was like, it was like the one bill that I didn't have on an automatic, you know, payment system. And so, yeah. like the shit got turned up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> and really just but letting myself have some grace to mm. just get my bearings back and to like let it be messy and let it be okay. I think that was the first thing. The other thing um, was I needed to have something that I could control, and for me at the time was fitness. I didn't go gung ho about it, but I committed to like, I'm just going to move my body every day because I have to, like, I just have to do something that's just for me. And that was just kind of what came to me when, you know, it was like, well, I've got to do something, <laughs> you know, like uh, I've got to do something. I don't know what that is. So I didn't mess with like food plans. Like I didn't get like real, you know into that level, but I just committed, like I'm just gonna move my body. And what I noticed, what it, it it just helped ground me a little bit to the point where slowly but surely I reclaimed and regained my ability to function like, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat like a normal person. And it's it's still challenging some days. Um the third thing I did was I immediately adopted two dogs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which, I love which that. Which is so funny. And it was it was something, I was like, am I being like, you know, manic by doing this? But there was something inside me that was just like, I just need some unconditional love in my life. I need some unconditional love in my home. Like this is going to be great for my kids. And it was like the easiest thing in the world. And now we've got these two little dogs who are just like the loves of our lives and they're so fun and so amazing. And so I share those things because I feel like Those might not necessarily be the things that people would think, but you might have like some wild hair decisions that come to you. And I just want to encourage anybody listening to please trust that because Mm -hmm. your first instinct is going to be to question them because it's going to feel like, oh crap, like we're getting a little too free spirited over here (laughs) with adopting two dogs, you know, like better like rein it in, you know? (laughs) And so But what I discovered was like, oh, this is like actually not that weird. People adopt dogs all the time. It's not, you know, (laughs) and it was something I genuinely wanted to do. Um, but it showed up in my consciousness as like, it felt like this wild hair decision, like out of nowhere. And yet, it was like this deeper wisdom, you know, talking to me. Right. So, I think that was the biggest thing was like learning to listen to whatever that deeper wisdom was even though to the part of me that was used to micromanaging the abuser and nope. was used to being told like you're the crazy one and used to being criticized and having nope. my instincts like stuffed down I mean relearning like like having a different relationship with that inner dialogue
2: mm-hmm. was
3: huge so following my You know, supposedly wild hair impulses, which ended up just being like this deeper, very wise, intelligent intuition, was a big, big part of that for me, for sure. I love that you
0: say that because that's such a theme, I think, of anyone who's been in any kind of trauma, any kind of abusive relationship or situation is figuring out how to reclaim that and how to listen again. And I love that because I just fully know, I fully know our intuition does not fail us. You know, like it's just always trying to talk to us. And so you being open and willing, starting with these dogs is such a beautiful example of like a random thing, but really on a deeper soul level, like exactly
3: what you needed. Yeah, it was so good. And then like, it just... I mean, it has really escalated, you know, since then, like, like that started to look like, you know, like, oh, I could have friends over again. Like, oh, like maybe like, oh, wow. Maybe the dogs could sleep in the bed with me. Like, oh, we're really getting crazy over here now. (laughs) (laughs) And like, oh, maybe. And so like following like those little impulses, like has led me back to not just who I am as far as like my true personality, but like. The things that I thought I would never enjoy again that I love and have loved my whole life. Dancing, like I broke up with the asshole in March. I didn't start dancing again until September 1st. Like it took that, like that's how long it took to reclaim something that has always been so inherent to my being. And now that I've been doing it for a few months, it's like, how was I not doing this before? But that's how entangled I was and how. I think many of us are, it takes a while to untangle and unravel all this stuff. And so if it looks like it's happening slowly, that's okay. (laughs) it looks like it takes Uh you a little while to, to remember who you are, like just, yeah, just give yourself, um, some time and let it come organically. (laughs) You don't have to do it all at once. So that's, yeah. What I have to say to that.
0: Yeah, and I so the remember who you are thing I think is mm-hmm. so powerful, and it's one of these things that sometimes in the moment you want to like punch people that don't offer solutions to you when you're seeking solutions. <laughs> That's I don't right. know, if like <laughs> but for me, like when I've been yeah. in my dark times and people are like, "Remember who you are," or like everything you need is inside of you. You're like punch, punch, like no, thank you. I'm oh not. yeah, but. That to me, honestly, is the biggest gift we can give to people because it isn't about like fixing things or finding solutions. Of course, sometimes it is when you're in like a must-leave situation or, you know, there's practical things that need to be dealt with. But on the deep soul level, like that's the most healing thing we can offer to people is like, no, 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 we don't need to focus on all these other things. Like, Just get silent, get quiet, like figure out who you've always been and let's tap into that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, And that has taken some time because it's like, I mean, when I think about remembering who I was, you know, remembering who I am back in March, I mean, sure, like dancing was there and like the activities and the hobbies are like whatever it is. It's like, well, like I used to enjoy this or I used to love this or, you know, this thing. Or I used to like, you know, I used to cuss a whole lot more than than I did when I was in this relationship, or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Right. And like, oh, I remember like I used to laugh a lot more or something. And it's like remembering who I am and reclaiming it has, it really started with like following those wild hair impulses. And it's, it's so funny because I know, like, I feel like we're supposed to say things like, you know, take care of your body and like, take care of, you know. I don't know, like take care of your mind, you know, meditate every day or like do yoga or like drink some green juice and like all those things. And those things, you know, may be helpful for some people. But th- when I look at the things that truly helped me, mm. it really wasn't like this kind of typical self-care regimen. I mean, mm. I did do some of that, True. but I really had to let it come like from within me. It didn't, mm-hmm. I did taking on a list of like, shoulds, like a, like a checklist of shoulds, uh, uh-uh. uh, like no way <laughs> was that. It just, not only would I have not have done it, it just would have become another weapon to beat myself up, you know, beat myself um, up with, but I just like, I couldn't. So like, I don't know what that's going to be for whoever's listening. Like, you know, yeah, beautiful yeah. soul listening. I have no idea what those wild hair impulses might be for you, you know, but whatever they are, um, probably the weirder, the better. (laughs) So so that would be like, if it feels like it's a little too free, like, Oh wow. You know, it may be something that's really good for you. Mm, I
1: love that.
3: (laughs) That's great advice. (laughs) Might be a little unconventional, but it's like genuinely what helped me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, uh, thank you.
3: <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> My pleasure. Oh my goodness, such a great episode per usual. I am just so honored and grateful for each of these four women being willing to dive into their stories and share behind the scenes of what it actually looks like when you do the work to set yourself free. And particularly with this episode, what I want to speak to is the notion of caring for ourselves. And how challenging this can be for so many of us that have stories or limiting beliefs or ideas in our brains of why it is wrong or dare I say selfish to care for ourselves. Um, But what I continue to come back to is the oxygen mask analogy that there is no way you can help someone else if you can't breathe. And so it's so essential that we take care of ourselves first so that we are able to help other people and support other people. And really the longest and most important relationship we will ever have, regardless if you're married, if you're single, if you are wanting to be one or the other is that relationship with yourself. And so taking care of ourselves is so essential. And I love how each of these women talk about their journey and it's different for all of us. And so always my encouragement is to connect with the pieces that work for you and be okay knowing that your journey is going to look different than someone else's. These four women are sharing their journeys in a very authentic way honest, raw way, but it doesn't mean it's going to be your journey but you can find yourself in bits and pieces of it and find encouragement, find support, find the themes that you're not alone. So take some time to digest what they had to offer us, how they let us in on what this looks like in their lives and how you too can implement this in yours. So thanks for listening. Thanks so much for being here. Cannot wait to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here supporting me and supporting these incredibly brave guests. If you can do me a favor and take one minute to share this episode with someone that needs to hear it, I would be so grateful. And if you are willing, please go leave us a review. Each month, I will be choosing a reviewer to give a free session to as a thank you for listening. One thing I know for certain in this lifetime is that we will forever be as sick as our secrets. Shame has no ability to grow when we share our stories in safe places. I'm more encouraged than you could possibly know by those that are willing to speak up and help all of us know that we are not alone. So don't forget, head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com grab your free journal and book a free 30 minute call with me to talk about the number one mindset block stopping you from the life you want. And one thing you can do this week to shift it. Thanks again for being here and we will see you next week.